If you've been part of our church for a long period of time, you know uh, that Marianne Lucas is not just a missionary that we support, but actually Marianne was a part of our church many, many years ago. I want to say, was it 10, 12, 12 years ago now at this point, Marianne? 11 years. Okay, so I was right in the middle there. So 10 to 12 years ago, she led our first missions trip to Argentina and never came back. Um, figuratively speaking, God spoke to her while we were there. Look, people are applauding, you know, (laughs) like don't take that personally. Um, but no, God drew her there, led a team, spoke to her heart. And since then she was a missionary in Argentina for a number of years. Now she's been a missionary in Peru, uh, working with YWAM and having a YWAM base in Peru, pastoring a church. And we have the privilege of having her with us back at bridge this morning. So if you would do a warm bridge community, welcome to Marianne Lucas. She's going to come and bring the word this morning. Good morning. I don't know. Do we have a video or not? If we don't, it's not a problem. But okay, we have a video. I'd like to play that first. Amen. I wanted to give you a little snapshot so you can see a little bit of what we do. And I hope you don't find that last part a little prideful. But if I could give you a little behind that, have you ever seen the movie Rocky? And you know Rocky's down. He keeps just getting beat up, beat up, beat up, and gone through a season just of really being beat up. And I heard this on Instagram and I'm like, I got to just, I got It's for me. I don't care what you guys think. That was for me (laughs) to remind me why God called me, what he's called me to do. Because you see like on social media, you see all the good stuff. I'm not a technology person. um, So I do a lot of reels. I don't do vertical or horizontal videos. I do Instagram reels. So you'll see me taking three-second videos all the time, and I just string them together. So I just strung together a bunch of my reels that I have on Instagram, only because of copyright laws. You don't have all the cool differences in music and stuff. And, um, but I wanted you to see a little bit about what we do. And God is doing amazing things in Pucallpa, which is true. You know, we are, we're all living. I come back here, and, and I'm so excited to hear our, or to, to sing worship in English. And you don't think about it, but really, there's something different about singing in your mother language. And a lot of uh, a focus that YWAM is having right now is helping to put the Bible in the mother language of the tribes and tongues of, around the world. It's a huge initiative that YWAM is doing. And I live in Pucallpa, Peru, which is the Amazon jungle. Pucallpa is known as the, the gateway to the jungle. Because we're on one of the major rivers that comes out of the Amazon. And along that river are tribes, various tribes. I can't even tell you how many. I know there's like 80 or 90 different ethnic tribes with their own languages, their own culture along the river. Two kilometers from my house is pure jungle to Brazil. That's how close. I live in the suburbs of Pucallpa. You would probably call it the country. Or, or something to that effect, or I don't know what you would call it, camping, rustic camping. <laughs> but we live right on the outskirts, and we're not that far from pure jungle. We're not that far from tribes that have never even had a modern touch, like people who still shoot bows and arrows at planes when they come by. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of these tribes are being killed off for mining of wood, trees, um, because illegal... Illegal mining of, of wood and trees. I'm, I'm sorry if I speak a couple of things that seem very simple or caveman, because I speak Spanish all the time. 
And so sometimes the words don't always come as smoothly as they used to, but that's okay. We'll just make it work. But some of, I wanted to share real short, because I know my time, I'm going to be very concise. I wanted to share a little bit about what we're doing. We're right now, I say we, I right now am in a process of rebranding our base. We're hitting five years this year. And because of various reasons, um, we've had to ask some staff to leave and staff have left. So we're starting, we're not starting from scratch, we're rebranding. And God has continued to speak positive words in this time, keep going, keep going. I have something better for you than what you had. And, and that's why when I did that video, thinking of that, beat up. I, I got to the point where one day I was standing in front of the house, all of those pictures are per, either my church or my house, or the, the YWAM base. We call it a base, so our YWAM base. Uh, everything is either inside there or inside the church. And I remember standing out front of my house one day going, God, is my, is my time up? Because if my time's up, I'm out of here. If, am I the problem? Am I the one? Is it time to go? He goes, no. <laughs> just, just hold it out. Just hold it out. And then God continues to speak and continue to bless. Because I'm like, it just seems like one thing. I know some of you, if you follow me, on so, especially the last few weeks, I was like, God, I feel like Rocky. Just boom. I'd start to get up and like, hit me again. <laughs> hit me again. And I was like, oh, and I wasn't yelling, hit me. I was like, please have mercy, Lord. And, and just, but God kept speaking, and he was, in, he was in it all. But what we're seeing is we're seeing, like right before I left, I went to the Shipibu community. I work a lot with the Shipibu tribe. That's the most common tribe closest to where we live. There's about 65,000 people who are pure Shipibu, Konibo. And that's the, the, the tribe that's right there, the river community. Um, some of their stuff out there, that's one of their main, the women do like the, the, the stitching. Um, that's all by hand. They draw it and then they stitch it. And then they make jewelry and they make bracelets and they use a lot of what's around them because their, their cosmovision is very animistic and in the culture. Even though it's a Christian community that I'm working with, they still have a lot of, uh, they, they still have a lot of mix of the culture, and if you ever go to Pucalpa, you will see that everywhere, everything with boas and tigers and the, the guayamacos, I don't know what they're called in English, I just know them as guay, the big colorful birds, the parrots, um, the, the sloths and monkeys, it's all, very, it's all in their culture, but they also have a lot of like, they have the ayahuasca, which is a flower, which is, is it's a hallucinogenic. And a lot of people from the New Age or backpackers or people who just want modern consciousness will go to Pucalpa and they'll take up the ceremony, which I only realized recently costs $800 to do. I'm like, that is just crazy to, to drink a juice with flour in it, with a flour in it. And so, and they'll do it and it puts them in a hallucinogenic state. And some people never come out of it. And others come away with more than what they came with. We'll just put it that way. Um, and then they need spiritual help afterwards. But it's, um, it's, a, very, it's a very mixed culture in that. Um, there are a lot of mestizos, which are people, other people, other mixed races, like Peruvians, but, or Peruvians with Shipibu, or Peruvians from the Sierra, or the mountain region, or Peruvians from the, the coast. So there, there's a lot of different mixed culture, because you know Machu Picchu um, is Sierra, so mountain regions, so they have a whole different other culture and clothing. But living in the jungle, they have their own, their own culture 
and, and everything that they do. And it's been really cool because God has opened the door in this community to me. And I love telling this story because it means something to me. Like, I, I came home and, and I was noticing, look, I have so many nieces and nephews. I have so many great nieces and nephews. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm an aunt. And then I started thinking, you know, I got really excited in Argentina when everybody started calling me Che. Because Che is like an Argentinian, hey, hey, friend. And I got so excited about that, I'm like, Che. I'm, I felt like I'm one of them. And recently, I did a school of strategic missions. I did it online. And part of my outreach was going to this community and learning the language and learning of their culture. And I now have a Shipibu name. I'm going to try my best to say it because it still does not come out very smoothly. But it's Moitza Hizbu. And it means the beautiful one. And there is a baby, a one-year-old baby walking around in this community who has the same name, Moitza Hizbu, but her other name is Marianne because she's lighter-skinned. <laughs> so they called her Marianne because I'm the gringa that comes to the, the community all the time. I'm the godmother of one of the girls that's there who's now a missionary with Metro Kids in another part of Peru. And I just, I'm just like, God, thank you. You continue to open doors. You continue. I'm part of the call. I feel like I don't feel any different from anyone else. I drive a motor car just like everyone else. I draw a lot of attention in the streets. There are no other white women driving motor cars in Pucallpa. Um, but I, I love doing that. I live in the community. I'm the only white person in my community. I'm the only foreigner. There's a couple of uh, Brazilians. Um, but I'm the only, like, white stick out. Everybody knows me. They're always like, the gringa. Like, whenever anybody asks where, where the missionary base is, oh, you mean the gringa? With, with the internados, the people that sleep there. That's what I'm known as the, the white person that has people sleep over. Because <laughs> we have teams come from different places. It's, it's a good thing. Because they come and they visit. We have teams that come. We recently had a team from Finland and Norway and France and Germany. We've had teams come from Argentina, from Brazil. And through those visits, and this is where God is starting to bless, there are people who are contacting me saying they want to be a part of the ministry and come on staff. So God is bringing them from different places where it wouldn't have happened any other way. So God is doing amazing things. And right before I left, I was going, the, I had a team of Brazilians, and I had sent them to the Shipibo community, and they were doing a talent night. So they had done evangelism all day long in this day, and then they came together at night to do a talent night. And I was like, oh, I'll go watch this. It'll be fun. So all of the, they, they had so many teenagers come that don't normally come to their church in the community. And so it was full, and the pastor, and this is his favorite thing to do. I'm thinking I'm coming to watch a talent show, and he goes, oh, can you do a message? And I was like, pastor, I don't even have a Bible with me. I had my cell phone. He's like, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. And I was like, I got a message. We're, we're good. And I was like, so not, this is two days before I'm coming home. And so I'm thinking I'm just going to go for a relaxing night. I'm kind of checking out, going in vacation mode. And I preached that night, and 12 teenage boys come to the altar and receive Christ that night. I was like, I, I was driving home. And I was like, thank you, God. I'm like, I'm checked out. But you still keep blessing me. And you still keep doing things. And so if you want to follow me, I have some cards out. I know there's some cards from the last time I was here because it just so happened a lot of you guys decided to get that blue that's going around. And so they had to cancel the church that, that Sunday. So we did it virtually. So there's a lot of cards out there, but I also have some new ones out there that has some information if you want to, uh, if you want to support me or if God calls you to do that, you, 
please, no obligation. Pray for me. Pray for me. I feel like I'm under a, a spiritual battle that's um, incredible. So, but I did have a word I wanted to share with you today because it's just God put it on my heart. And I always, when I, whenever I know I'm coming home, usually it's short notice. And I'm always glad that I'm, there's always a space for me. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Paul and, and Bridge Community for that. But God had put a word on my heart, and it's a verse from Philippians 1.27. And uh, so if you want to, if you have your Bibles or your phone or whatever, it's just one verse I'm going to read to you, and then I'll refer to a couple of others. But there's one word specifically, because God, God was speaking to me through this verse. Recently, I, I saw it on an Instagram reel, because, you know, everybody does reels. They pass time. You're standing in line. Or you're just sitting at home, you have a few minutes, and then two hours later. Um, we've all done it, I know. Or maybe I'm the only one. Um, but we do that in, in the jungle, too. So Philippians 1.27 says this, Only let your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. But the part that just really, let your life be worthy of the gospel. Let your life be worthy of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. And that he died for you. And he resurrected. He paid the price of your sin. That your life would be worthy of that. And I was thinking, and, and, and when I share this, this, this thought, I did this in my church. Not, not with this word specifically, but I did this in my church. And football or soccer is really big in South America. And, but there's only two teams. There's, there's a bazillion. But there's really only two. There's the U, the university, or the universitario, and the Alianza. And, like, whenever they play, the police are out in the streets. There's bar brawls. This, it's terrible. All right, so let's put it in our context. Football American. All right. Please don't judge me, but I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. But let, let me get to this. Let me, let me start by saying it's not to draw controversy or anything like that, okay? I came to Philadelphia, a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I decided I'm in Philadelphia, and I'm going to like the Eagles too, not realizing you can't do them both. So, like, I cheered them on when they were going to the playoffs, in those three years that they were in the playoffs with the youth group, I had my T.O. jersey. And, and I was, because you could get it for $5 at the sports authority. <laughs> so I had my T.O. jersey, and I was like, we're going for the Eagles. And somebody told me, aren't you a Cowboys fan? I said, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan too. And they're like, no. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, if I have to choose, it's Cowboys. So Cowboys fan. So if I were to state today, we have the Dallas Cowboys right here. We have the Philadelphia Eagles right here. All right, I'm pretty, and maybe, maybe you're one of those Giants fans, or I heard there's a Steelers fan here. Um, I, heard, I heard the new pastor's a Steelers fan. I, I do hear things. So you have those other teams, but really, if you had to pick between the two, okay, if you start to play on that team, you're going to train as an Eagle or a Cowboy. You're going to have that logo on all of your clothing, Right? You're going to have a coach saying, it's all about the win. It's all about the win. It's all about teamwork. We're a team. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. And what if, you know, I'm Dak Prescott. And maybe I'm out of touch with football. But anyways, he's the quarterback, right? 
So, and, and I'm playing in the middle of the game. And I'm like, I have 80 yards to get a touchdown over there. I have to get through all it. You know, it's, it's it organized, organized chaos. You do a bunch of plays to try to get the ball to move it down the field to get into the red zone. But you know what? It's just too hard. I'm going to throw it this way. Who would do that? Who would do that? You, you just, it would be unthinkable, and the other team would be like, okay, go ahead. Just run it right in. They'd be so excited if that happened. But we don't do that. You don't do that. But what happens a lot of times is some of us, we put on this jersey that says Jesus, follower of Jesus, disciple of Jesus, and it gets a little difficult, and we take it off. Or we leave it on, and we just keep living the life like it's just a, another T-shirt that I own. In South America, you know, you know when there's a, a Super Bowl or there's a World Series, as soon as it's over, the winner has their, their shirt and their, their hat, right? So that means the other team also had shirts and hats ready. Those are in South America. <laughs> okay? Those are in South America. So the losing team, they, their T-shirts are all over the place. It's just another T-shirt to them. Most of them have no idea what their shirts say. I go to the really, really nice clothing stores, and the words will be spelled wrong. It's nice clothing, but the words are spelled wrong. They don't care. They don't know what it says. I'm to the point where I don't care either. I just... It doesn't matter. It's just a T-shirt. But we would never put on another team's jersey in the middle of the game. But a lot of times with God, we get so tired. We get so beat up. There are times I literally, I literally stood in my yard looking up to God. It was like, is it done? I'll go home. It'll be so easier to go back. I'll go back to my life. I don't know if I could get uh, I'll have to find a job. And I've lost 10 years of, of updates and and moving forward in technology, but I'll figure it out. You know, I'm a smart person. I'll figure it out. And like, and I would love to. It would be so much easier than this, than the constant day-to-day beating and beating and beating of the enemy and, and trudging forward and just the little thing. It seems like little things, like the refrigerator not running is a little thing. You know, it's just like, okay, well, we'll get it fixed. But when it happens day after day after day and things with people and you're working with people, which, you know, as ministry, we know, you know, they say we're called fishers of men, but somebody's got to clean those fish. And that's nasty work. It stinks. You want to know, come to Pukapu, we'll go to the fish market. You'll see how it smells. You'll feel it under your feet as you're walking through the market. It's not easy work. But a lot of times when we, we start facing things that are difficult, we just stop. And we're just like, I'm going to do me. We'll, we'll use some American colloquialisms. American, I'll do me. I need to do a little self-care. I, will, I need a break. I've heard that. I need a break. And I, need a, I, I needed a vacation. I'm not lying. I knew if I didn't get a vacation soon, I was done. And not because I wanted to be done, because I was going to break. Because I was just like, God, I'm, I'm physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. And this has been the most amazing vacation, I will tell you, from day one. If you haven't seen videos, my nephew picked me up at a hotel. My niece picked me up at the airport. My nieces and nephews fought over who were going to pick me up. The airport's 45 minutes from my house. My niece picked me up and took me to a hotel, paid for the hotel so I can have one good night's sleep before I start traveling. 
My nephew picks me up the next day in a limousine <laughs> to take me 30 minutes to meet my other nephew who picked me up and took me to my mom's house. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and all because my brother got COVID and couldn't pick me up at the airport. My nieces and nephews fought over it. I was like, this is so cool. The hotel was awesome. I got a great night's sleep. The limo, I've never been in a limo. And I was like, God, thank you for the blessing. But here's the thing, people. Sometimes we get so tired, we, we, we forget that we have to make a decision. And the more I see, like, if you, if you know me and if you talk to me, I get anxiety about coming home. Because I see all the social media. I follow the news and I see everything that's going on and I think, what am I coming back to? Not that we're not living things there either. But I'm used to it because I see it every day. But I'm like, what am I coming back to? We are living in times even more so than ever, where we have to draw the line in the sand and make a decision. We can't just be quiet anymore. We can't just stand there and wait and see what's going to happen and hope it passes by and nobody touches me and I can keep going. We have to start being a voice. We can't just let things of ideology push us. The gender theology that is so ripped, it's everywhere, it's not just here. It's everywhere that's pushing against us. We can't let these things continue. We have to start being a voice. I think we've, gone, we've been defensive for so long. It's time to make a choice. But many of us, we have to start with the beginning. Which team am I going to play on? That's where it all starts. Who am I going to follow? Am I going to follow Jesus or am I going to continue to follow me in the world? It's a decision we have to make to put that line in the sand and say, today is the day I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And not only that, to put that line in there so strong that you are not pushing me over. I am a strong force, a strong child of God, and I'm going to continue walking in that. And it's time that my voice rises up and that I don't allow the things to influence me, to sway me, like the waves it talks about in James, say to the left and to the right, in and out. But we're, we're talking about riptides now, people. We're not talking about the lovely waves on a, on a wading pool or one of those lazy rivers. We're talking about riptides. You don't make a decision today who you're going to follow. That riptide is going to pull you right in. We have to make a decision. First, which team am I going to be on? Decidedly, I made the decision for Jesus. March 17th, 1990. I know the day. I know it was in the afternoon. I know where it was at. It was a moment very decisive in my life. And I know not everybody has that exact moment. But you know that time period where that decision was firmed in your heart. If you don't, make it now. And mark it today as the mark in your, in, your, in your Bible or in whatever moment. But mark it and say, from this point forward, like it says in Joshua, I have it written down here. Like it says in Joshua twenty four fifteen. Choose this day whom you will serve. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This day, to make that decision, I will follow Christ. To live my life worthy of the gospel. But not only that, because yes, we need to make that decision for Christ. But once we've made that, are we living a life worthy of that gospel? Are we living a life worthy of what God has called us to do. Not, God has not called everybody to go to the jungle. 
God has not called everybody to live that lifestyle. God has not called everybody to go to India or to Africa or a missionary outside. But he has called you. It could be in your home. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your exercise program. It could be in your school. It could be in the marketplace. God has called you. And you need to choose this day. I'm going to live my life worthy of the gospel. How I act in the grocery store, people are watching. How I act in the marketplace, people are watching. My neighborhood knows who I am. The pastorcita. The little pastor. It's a term of endearment. Oh, the pastorcita's here. They know me. They know who I am. They know what I stand for. They see us serving in our community. We, I love that you guys are doing LEAP. What you see with all those pictures with the kids, every Saturday we decided to open the church up. We, somebody had donated Legos, and we had a bunch of table games, um, which were recently stolen. But we had all of these things, and we'd open the church up for free play. And we would have 40, we have 40 to 50 kids that come every Saturday to play soccer, to play with Legos, and to play table games. And then sometimes, there's another, we have a lot of volunteers. I have the best volunteers. I'm telling you, the best volunteers. And they bring crafts. So for two hours, we love on the kids, we give them a snack, and then they go home. Every Saturday we do that. We change the name of our church to Community Church. La Comunidad Misionera. The missionary community. We changed the name of it because we wanted that word community, because we're a family. We know that I don't know most of those kids. I don't know their parents. I'm trying. Some of their parents, their dads are in jail. The dads are non-existent, or their dads work outside of the city for months on end and come home for a couple of weeks and then leave again. These are the poorest of the poor kids. I have a kid who comes to church in a broken wheelchair. His brother takes him and he pulls him in the back because his front wheels don't move. And he pushes him to the church. He's got cerebral palsy. He, does, he can't talk, but he knows exactly what's going on. He plays cards with his feet. He's an awesome little kid. And these are kids that have no... And, and I've met their mom once. They come to church on their own. They come early. The little kid in the diaper. He comes to church. His name's Josue. And he comes early to help with his sisters and brothers, and they help set the church up. Because we have to bring, we don't leave anything because it will be robbed. But I made that decision to follow Christ. That's what God has called me to do, to serve, to bless, to love on these kids, and to love on their parents, and to try to connect with them, to disciple them, and to disciple their parents. That's a lot of what we're trying to do is we're trying to reach this community. We have one family so dedicated. They're opening the doors. He's coming in his, his shirt all pressed. He's a mechanic, a motor car mechanic. He's always dirty, has the dirty clothes on all the time, but he comes to church all dressed up. And he's so happy to be there with his Bible and his kids. Every one of them has their Bible. They all bring their Bibles. And their kids are involved. They're my godchildren. I baptized them, and he, he said, they're yours now. So teach them, <laughs> correct them, discipline them. But sometimes it's not so easy, people. Sometimes it's not so easy to follow Christ. But he's called each one of us to do something. And I challenge you this morning that most of us know what that something is. Most of us know that. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to close because I want to honor the, the time limits that we have. But I want, to, I want to give us two different directions this morning. 
Because I've given you, I've, I've kind of lined that up for you first. We have to make a decision which team we're on. You know, that maybe there are people here today who have not made that decision to follow Jesus yet. They have not made that decision to ask him forgiveness for their sins, to receive that, that gift that he's given us on the cross when he paid the price for our sins. That's the gospel. That's what he did for us. Because we are sinful people. We fail. All of us fail. And there's a point where each one of us has to make that decision for Christ. And I'm telling you, it's not going to get easier. The times that we're living in, it's not going to be easier. But thank God we have places like this where we can worship freely and make those decisions for Christ. And I like to challenge because I believe there's something to a public declaration of faith. That maybe this morning you were one of those people. I'm going to ask you to just stand up where you're at. Just take a moment. Stand where you're at and close your eyes. Because I want us to think through this a little bit. You know, a time and day is coming where we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the first issue that's going to be dealt with is what did we do with Jesus? Did we make a decision for him? Did we make that decision to live for him? That's the first judgment. And we need to make that decision to follow him. To say, you know what? I recognize what he did. I believe that he died on the cross. And confess with my mouth that he is Lord. And I will be saved. And make that decision to follow him. That's a first step, but it's not the only step. Once we are are here and we're walking and we're going with Christ, yes, there's a lot of things that need to change and we need to grow and we need to keep looking for him. And to live the things that he's called us to do. Some of us, it's harder than others. God knows each one of us. He's called each one of us to a different purpose and a different plan and a different place. For years, I knew God had called me. Pastor Paul can tell you, at one point I was in his office crying. I'm always ashamed of this moment. I always think of this moment and I'm always ashamed. I go in his office and I'm crying and I'm like, why did they pick you and not me? That's literally what he was called to be the associate pastor. I'm like, I've been serving you for so long. Why did they pick you and not me? And I'm so embarrassed by that moment. But I keep thinking, those were breaking moments that God was preparing me. That wasn't God's plan for me. And I, I, I don't remember the exact words he said. But Pastor Paul said something, I don't know, but God must have something else for you. That's literally what he said. And I remember so many altar calls standing there going, staring at the wall going, God, send me. Here I am. Why the heck am I still here? What in the world? God was preparing me, breaking me, that at 41 years old, he sends me to youth with a mission. 41. That's why I look so young. Every once in a while, I've acted too. But God is calling each one of us to do something. We need to be faithful followers of him, to follow the word of God, to put, no matter what culture says, no matter what the laws say, no matter what the news says, no matter what the government says, that the word of God is my defining, my my defining line of what I will follow. You can say yes, but if the word of God says no, it's no. And I'm sorry if that offends you. It's easier, it's easier to say things in Peru than it is here. A lot easier. 
But we do. We have to follow that word of God. So this morning, first of all, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes because maybe there's somebody here. And if you are a follower of Christ, you've made that decision for him, pray. Because maybe there's somebody here that God is tugging at their heart. And first, the first altar call I want to give today is for those who want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning. To make that decision, I will be on God's team. I want to put on his jersey. I want to follow him. I want to be a part of his team. And if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to take a big step of faith and to come to the front here. I just want to pray with you. Not to embarrass you, nothing. I just want to pray with you. And we want to pray for you. So if that's you today, I just ask you to step out of your seat and come forward. And we're going to pray for you today. If you feel God tugging in your heart and you're like, I want to make that decision. I want to put my foot in the sand and decide today. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to accept his free gift of salvation. And if you're listening online, you can make that decision too. God knows our heart. One more chance. And if there's nobody, that's awesome. That's great. But maybe God's tugging at your heart because you know you've got that jersey on. You know you're supposed to be on God's team. But you're kind of looking behind you because it looks a little easier. Or maybe you're not living like God has called you to live, and you know it. We all have lived that. We've backslided the church word, where we've gone back to old habits, old comfortable sin, old patterns and ways of living. There are many times where I would just love to come back home. As much as social media shows all my adventures and holding sloths that are so cute, they bite. They have fleas. There are so many things that are not so easy. And sometimes it's like, God, are you sure? Am I living in sin? Am I doing something wrong because it's so difficult? You guys just said, just keep going. Just keep going. I never promised you an easy life. But I did promise that I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. If you would like prayer today. Just prayer in general. Like, I'm trying to do this, but I'm tired. Or maybe I've made some bad decisions. And today I want to just write. I just want to make myself right before God this morning. Or I just want prayer for encouragement to help me through what I'm walking through, I invite you also come forward this morning. We're going to pray for you. It takes faith, I know, because we get comfortable. But if you really need a prayer today, say, I'm not doing well. That's between you and God. Nobody's judging you. I'm not going to judge you. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome when we recognize where we're at recognize that we need God to touch us, that I need to repent, or that I need God to give me strength, or God to guide me in how to to manage a difficult situation. If that's you today, I ask you to just come forward for prayer. We're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sing a song to close, and if, if you want prayer, don't be shy. Just come forward. We'll pray for you quietly. We're just going to believe that God's going to touch you and then I'll close with